Welcome to the Bobcatch Podcast. My name is Don. Merry Christmas, y'all. I'm Scott. I think this will be in the middle of summer. It's Christmas in July. Yeah. There, yeah. Isn't Wait, that a I, thing? I can't math this out. What are we in? I don't know. So here's, we, I just finished posting the last Joel. So we're going to start posting Ezekiel then? Yes. But I don't know how many episodes we have. I don't know. We're on chapter eight, so I think we've at least got nine. Sounds good. Do we, have, we don't have that many, do we? I think one chapter, oh, we might have around eight, because like one chapter we we did in two podcasts. Yeah, but I thought there's also, why am I scrolling through here? Six is short. Yeah, but there's one that we did, I think one or two that we did, two oh, chapters two, in one. Yeah, possibly, because two's a short, short, short one. One was long, two was short. So who knows how that okay. break up. So we're around huh. six-ish then. So two, four, so March, April, May. This might be June. Okay. Might so be. right before Christmas in July. Yeah. Because you, you always got Merry Christmas before you get there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it, oh, what, oh, oh, my brain broken. What is that thing before Christmas? Advent. It's Advent before July. Right. (laughs) It's Advent in June. Right. Wait, is that right? Yeah, Advent. Lent is what we're really in. Right, because July 1st, then if we said that was Christmas in July, then you would have to say that... This is a horrible conversation. You're reminding me that it gets cold again, and it's not even warm yet. Sorry. (laughs) Well, we're getting warmer. We had sun this weekend. Yeah, and, uh, next week's supposed to be, this week is supposed to be like 50s and next week like 60s, so. Yeah, but not the weekend. No, yeah, I well, saw I'm that. aware of that, that weekend weather. Oh, you're off work and have time to spend outside. Right. Oh, 44 <laughs> degrees and windy. That's actually true. Yeah, you did no. look at the weather, didn't you? Yeah. Um. <laughs> we've, been, we've been trying to like figure stuff out, how things are going and temperature-wise and get outside time and all that stuff, so we've yeah, been yeah. kind of keeping an eye. And my kids are obsessed because we just had all the snow uh, last week. last week, yeah. So they're like, "Oh my goodness, is it gonna <clears throat> snow? Is it gonna be like?" And you know, my son, my one kid, he went out and made. I can't remember. I want to say he made around a hundred and some dollars for shoveling snow. Nice. And then somebody gave him a snowblower when it like, like now it's probably not gonna snow again oh, for bummer. the rest of the year. So to keep, so it'll yeah, work yeah, next yeah. year. It was a it, one of his aunts. Uh, great ants technically gave it to them. Okay. So yeah, if it's hopefully so, it works next so year. For I, a bit. I feel so bad for our students because like, so they haven't been in person all year long. Okay, right. for maybe a couple weeks in November, <laughs> and then oh yeah, you guys went back for a moment. Right. So then we finally get back, and that was that was the week we were supposed to all come back, and they had snow non snow days. And so, like, we don't even get snow days. So I was like, so first of all, they don't get to see their friends and they don't get in-person school all year long. And then when they do get to come back, every other district gets snow days, but we don't. And I so they that. lose their snow days also. I was like, guys, I feel bad for you. I'm sorry. But don't, didn't you guys have, like, calamity days already? I don't understand that because, like, Ohio has five no, or they so, go by hours or whatever. So now. this year we don't have calamity days because everyone's got a laptop. So that means that every day is a virtual day. Um, so if we're not in school, then it's a virtual day. That's lame. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I won't get started in this podcast how <laughs> horrible education is. But um, 
No, our uh, superintendent for our district actually was like tweeting out like, it's a snow day. Have fun. You know, kind of kind of. We're not doing that virtual learning thing. You know, they need to have some fun. Um, I know there's, you know, they need to have some fun. You know, our governor is probably like, don't tell the kids to have fun. They'll go together and like swap spit or something. Right. (laughs) This, yeah, it, um, it will spread through the snow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. anyway, I'm going to not say anything because that's what I'm good at this year. <laughs> when I say good at, that's what I'm trying to be but good we, at. We kind of need you to talk because we have a podcast. Oh, yes. So I won't tell my opinions on anything rev- revolved around COVID, vaccines, or turkeys. It's funny to watch my coworkers try and play around the issue to to not tip their hand as to how they feel. (laughs) (laughs) I just make fun of all of it. And so I figure, you know, if I make fun of everything, then, you know, no one has any clue. Yeah. Every time somebody says they get vaccinated, though, I respond on their Facebook post. I ask them if they get free 5G. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, we can have this discussion discussion once uh, we shut down the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you got free 5G? <laughs> well, I figure if, if I d- say, okay, so I figure if I'm going to go ahead and get the COVID vaccine and all I get is 5G, then that's lame because like I want at least six or 7G. Like I want a couple <laughs> gen ahead. I, I got to say, I have a phone that gets 5G and like if you're not in a 5G area, it sucks. It's, <clears throat> it's what you've been getting. Mm-hmm. And in some areas, you have the 5G indicator, but you're pretty sure that that's all you got. <laughs> like, it's not doing anything. My house is like 5G, so that's okay. great. But if I use 5G alone, it uses the battery faster. Oh. So it's just like, uh, maybe do if I, I have, get the COVID shot, my body will just get 5G. Do I have 5G? I don't think so. What's your oh, phone? Okay. Huh? Uh, I don't, I don't oh, have you mean your 5G neighborhood? phone, yeah. Uh, your neighborhood it's like is... like a what, Pixel 3, so... I have 5G with literally one bar. All right, I'm Wait. almost a 5G. Let's run a speed test on that. Where's my speed test? Oh, so, is. like, I had T-Mobile internet for, like, a week. I almost got it again, but... Or I almost got it. The only reason, I, I mean, it was five, it was, like, what, 50-ish, but then, like, come evenings when everyone's on the towers... Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'll stick with Cincinnati. But ooh, it hit fifty-one. Yeah, but this is my, this is my cell phone though. So the internet would be, yeah, but you're still pulling out the same towers. Well, this is sixty-two meg on five. Their five G. Right. I get about a hundred at my house on their five G. Right. So that's a problem. Yeah, your five G sucks. Yeah. I'm also in a basement down in the hole here, but I'll see what your actual. Well, that's where my Xbox is. So. Um, <laughs> just for funsies, we're going to check your Wi-Fi and see how you got. Now my Wi-Fi can be good, <laughs> but that, even that's pretty low. Yeah, but we're, I mean, my iPad's on it, your computer, <clears throat> my phone, probably all your TVs, mm-hmm. any, you know, dude, I'm at 175, 77, 178. It capped at 178. Yeah, I'm supposed to get 500. My upload speeds are pretty good too. Yeah, that's. So I have, I've been using Time Warner and they've been horrible since all the kids have been home from school uh-huh. and uh, I have to use it for work. So I, I was like, oh, I want to get out of this. Well, then they did a price raise. Everybody got like a $5 like increase across the board. And I was like, man, this is dumb. 
so uh, I caught him. I was like, hey, can I just get a lower speed? Because I was getting lower speeds anyway. And they're like, no, you're on the lowest tier. That's that's it, huh? Wow. So uh, I, I wanted to cancel, and I was going to get T-Mobile, but for my work, I have to use a VPN, and I also have to use Amazon Web Services, and they have to know my IP address. Um. The T-Mobile one will switch your IP address once or twice a day. Oh, my gosh. So I'd have to like call my tech people and be like, <clears throat> switch it. It's this now. Switch it. Now I do it like once every three months. Got it. So I was like, dang, I can't stick it to the man. Man. But... Whatever. I've been running so some of the stuff like our internet is so bad um, at, at work at times where I have to like. How bad is it? Sorry, I, I sometimes have to run my my Google Meets and stuff off of my uh, hotspot off my cell phone um, to to go ahead and, and pull off some of that stuff. So um, yeah, so T-Mobile at least hotspot off my phone is not bad depending on where you're at. I haven't. I've never really... Well, I have a couple of times just for like emergency <clears throat> stuff. I watched my battery deplete here, so now I'm closing a bunch of crap. Why on earth did I have my Garmin stuff? Hey, hey since I've just done advertising for T-Mobile, can, can they like sponsor us now or... So what's funny is I'm... Oh my gosh, I apparently have not restarted my iPad in way too long. All right, sorry. Um, <clears throat> I got T... I had Cincinnati Bell when I first met you, mm-hmm. and I was the only person at the basement of the church that could not have service <laughs> and you told me about the t-mobile thing and i got it like the, the day after you told me about it yeah yeah and i've had it since yeah i have too so it's been 20 years yeah and i had it before then so like it's been i mean they'll give me the oh, no, I probably it has been 20 for me because that's probably 2002 it's probably okay. 19 years so it's been <laughs> over 20 for me because every time they'll be like you've been a customer with us for a long time what do you want and they'll pretty much give me anything i want um, I mean, nice. you know, and I, and I, I'm always willing to change. Someone gives me a better deal. I just, no one's giving me a better deal. They, yeah. They have, um, I just got a line. <clears throat> I had to add a line for my, I get my kids a line when they're older because it was getting a little odd. My son was having his friend text my wife to say, Hey, can he come over? Blah, blah, blah. Hey, can you come play? Can, hey, mm-hmm. can you, you know, like we're going to be on, you know, PlayStation. Can he join us? You know, like whatever. And I was like, Dude, tell this kid to stop texting your mom because I don't want a 12, 13 year old kid texting a school employee. Right, right. Like basically, yeah. I was like, this. so tell him, well, the kid didn't get the message. So my wife blocked, blocked <laughs> him. And we're like, dude, you're just going to end up getting a phone. And so, like, uh, before y'all freak out, like, I restrict the heck out of it. I have access to everything they do on it. And I periodically grab it just for funsies and embarrass them in front of the family. Mm-hmm. So don't worry. Um, I have QoS. So I, log everything they do on okay. our network and whatever. Um, and then I, I hide Safari so they can't just go surf the web on the phones. Nice. Like the worst they could get into would be YouTube. Okay. Would be like the, like with the YouTube app, but they have to ask every time they get an app and so on and so forth. And we check their texts and <clears throat> we get, we can go onto their iCloud and see their texts, you know, whatever. Yeah. So don't get on my case about it is what I'm saying. <laughs> but, uh, so I went to get him a phone and I went into the internet and it said it was $25 to Adeline a month. And I was like, Oh, that hurts. So I called them and they're like, Oh no, no, no. That's for people on this plan, this plan, this plan, your plan. It's only $10 a month. Nice. And I was like, Oh, that's great. And they're like, and like, you know, since you've been a customer for so long, he got like the iPhone SE for a bill credit. Dang. That's not like, that's like the small cheap one. But yeah, yeah. Um, they pay the, it would have been like, 16 bucks a month or something they pay that in a bill credit every month wow so he has that for zero dollars that's awesome i was like 
Okay, sign him up. Because <laughs> yeah, we have a free line, and that's our home I know, phone. I, keep, I kept hoping one would pop up. Yeah, that's and, our yeah. home line, and we're trying to figure out, because I got some calls from, like, Westchester. I never pick up if I don't, they're not my contacts. Leave a message. Right. And then eventually I picked up, because I was like, all right, what's going on? And it was one of Naomi's friends, and I was like, they're like, Hi. <laughs> Hi. Uh. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hello? Is Nomi there? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who's this? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, huh, I see that all, what grade is she in? Third graders have great uh, telephone communication skills. So we're, we're trying to figure out how to set up our home line to be like a way that they can tell their friends and talk to me afterwards because <clears throat> I have a voice over IP box yeah, yeah. set up. I pay 26 bucks a year for uh, it. It runs off of my spectrum and the 26 bucks is for nine one one. So they know what house to go to. Oh, nice. Okay. So you could do it for free. You just going to use it for emergencies. Okay. Um, but wouldn't it be easier if like when you try to contact somebody, like they just like, grabbed your hair and pulled you like to where they wanted you to go. Yeah. Like just ripped your hair right out and like come with me and just took you. Well, I actually have hair now, so that could actually be painful. That's true. What are you put my beard? Oh yeah. Baby. Mm -hmm. I don't have enough beard yet. Yeah. Yeah. Like how God did to Ezekiel. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, yes. So after that 13 minute T Mobile ad, maybe we should talk about Ezekiel. (laughs) So apparently we uh This podcast brought to you by Nobody. Right. <laughs> we show what we want. <laughs> Spectrum, no. T-Mobile, yeah. Spectrum, definitely no. iPhone SE, when it's free. <laughs> <laughs> free is a, a lot of times a good thing. I don't want to say always a yeah, good thing. Yeah, because like, you know, freely having somebody pull your hair out when you're being transported into the, right. you know. But heavens. if it's a free gift of <laughs> grace through oh! the death of a savior on a cross... Which they don't know about yet. Well, yeah, yeah. well, they might have heard some prophecies, but they don't know about yet. Nice. Um, nice. So with that, chapter eight, we are back in Ezekiel. Um, we are sorry for the... Actually, I'm not quite sure we're really that sorry. Um, At this point, no, not <laughs> So with that, um, if you don't um, join us for the banter, then this is the part you signed up for. Mm. Um, now that you're already to work and getting ready to walk in the office, welcome to Ezekiel. Yeah. Um, so how are we going to do it this week? So we are still talking about Ezekiel. Um, poor guy um, is a hands-on object lesson type of prophet, and that involves... Um, I think I just accidentally raised my Some nose. very uncomfortable situations that, that Ezekiel is in. We're in chapter 8 this week, so um, it's been a while since Don and I have recorded. However, um, it is two weeks since the last <laughs> when you ended 7. Um, it was snowing, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, so with that, um, let's go ahead and get started. I just hit the microphone. So, yeah. Uh-oh. Oh. No, it's fine. I'm just stupid. Okay. So how far should I go ahead and start reading? I was trying to see. One through four, start us off. erasing things. Yeah, that's fine. Start there. All right. All right. Chapter 8, verse 1 through 4 of Ezekiel. 
In the sixth year, in the sixth month, on the fifth day of the month, as I sat in my house with the elders of Judah sitting before me, the hand of the Lord God fell upon me there. Then I looked, and behold, a form that had the appearance of a man. Below what appeared to be his waist was fire, and above his waist was something like the appearance of brightness, like gleaming metal. He put out the form of a hand and took me by a lock of my head, and the Spirit lifted me up between earth and heaven and brought me in visions of God to Jerusalem, to the entrance of the gateway of the inner court that faces north, where was the seat of the image of jealousy which provokes to jealousy. And behold, the glory of the God of Israel was there, like the vision that I saw in the valley. Right by the hair, man. That's how you get someone's attention. Yes. Well, I think he's pretty good at getting attention. I'm thinking it doesn't hurt. No, probably. But I'm just like, no one's ever been like, come here. Like, yeah, I don't think I'd be. Yeah. I mean, if God wanted to, I'm not, I'm not going to complain. Um, so, well, I guess before I get too much further commentary wise, Christopher Wright, Ezekiel, where's my other one? (laughs) Um, Stephen Tall, um, new international biblical commentary, and then IVP Old Testament commentary are the big ones that I look through the most. And I use the Expositor's Bible commentary, uh, edited <clears throat> by Tremper Longman III. I believe uh, this might be Ralph Alexander that does Ezekiel. I can't recall off the top of my head, or it could be Michael Brown. Don't remember, but um, one of my favorite commentary series on top of a bunch of other resources I use. Um, I use Logos, so a lot of them intertwine, and I don't have them all spelled out for you. Okay. Like, I use the dictionary for this one to look up some of the gods and stuff that were mentioned, and um, I don't know what source that came from. Okay. Um, that to say, uh, working on my master's, and I go to a, uh, the college I go to is Wesleyan, and so they often throw in biblical-related questions, and I had to uh, come up with sources for some of my work, mm-hmm. and I used uh, some commentaries in Logos stuff, and it will do an APA citation. You just copy and paste it. Dang. And if you highlight the page, it gives you the page number and all that stuff for you as well. I just threw out a book the other day that showed me how to document stuff APA, and I was like, you know. They're on seven now. If the internet can't tell me. <laughs> well, I usually use like Citation Machine to build them for me, right. but here I was just like, oh, I want that. And I copied it. And I was like, oh, Cite Source? <clears throat> what? And nice. I put it right in the paper. I was like, this is, and it's scholarly because this is scholarly work. So That's awesome. So uh, get T-Mobile, uh, Logos Bible Software. Don't get Spectrum. And <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> um, and also, if you're looking for, like, the Bible Speaks Today is where the Ezekiel Christopher Wright commentary comes out, and I've kind of really loved it so far um, because it very much it takes a, a scholarly route of it, but it takes a very practical. So it's... And especially when you're talking Old Testament, I, I almost wish that when I studied, when we studied Hosea and Joel um, here on the podcast, mm-hmm. that I was utilizing those because I know one of the things that I struggled with well, well, how is this applicable to our current world? Not to mention just trying to figure those, out how those are to put very together. tough books to yeah. link that. Um, they do a really good job of helping helping to see that. But anyway, so back to... Yeah, so this podcast brought to you by Podbean. That's right. We host on Podbean. They didn't pay for this spot, and actually, I have to pay them. Man, we should be rich by now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I promise. That's the last advertisement I will intentionally throw in. Right, and by the way, we don't get paid for any of those. Yeah. They are just <laughs> humorous advertisements today because... So if you look up our Patreon, it's not really us because we don't have one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
So um, this podcast is going to be an hour and a half long because I'm stupid. Um, okay. So yeah, we go to work so that we can pay yeah. to have a podcast. Yes, that's why we go to work. All right. Uh, and feed our families, but that's beside oh, yeah. the point. All right. So with that, um, the date, September 17th, 592 BC, <laughs> um, about 14 months after his original call vision. And um, so he's still doing his lay on his side. Yeah. Uh, prop <clears throat> prophecies. And Ezekiel, Ezekiel is very nice again. So you're like, well, how did you know what the date was? Um, because it told me. <laughs> um, Ezekiel is really good right now, just kind of laying down dates and kind of showing us how things fit together. Um, and he was hanging out with the elders in his house. And he gets a vision. Yeah. I, I'm really curious, like, what are the elders doing when he gets in this vision? Like, does time stop? Yeah. As is he like... So I couldn't find much on this, despite all the resources we just bragged about. Um, I couldn't find that if he was physically transported or if he literally was just stuck up in, not stuck up in, but like caught up in the spirit. And it was all like a vision that he saw, but didn't transport to. But later we'll see he dug through a wall. So I'm like, was it like a supernatural thing? Was he invisible? It, it seems like he was hiding mm-hmm. when digging through a wall. So like, were they like, hey, where did Zeke go? Or were they like, you know, waving their hand in front of his eyes like, hey, Zeke. Well, it looked like the visions that we're going to talk about, though, happened throughout different, not necessarily all at the same time. He's so, like transported through. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. So I know this is like kind of off the current verses, but when he kept saying like, you'll see worse than this, did you take that as the next place he transported him to is worse or that that was just one thing and it'll get worse? And let me show you this. You think that's bad? It's also going to get worse. Like, do you think they're independent, or do you think they were building in the in the scripture here? I thought they were building in the scripture. So we're like, huh. each one got a little bit worse. So you thought this was bad? Uh, just wait till I show you the next part of the vision. See, I wasn't sure. I couldn't tell if it was that, or if he was like, "Hey, if they're doing that, you ought to see what else I'll be doing." And then, "Hey, I'll show you this." So like, <clears throat> you know. Yeah. So I t- I took it as mm. each part of the vision just got a little bit worse. Like you thought this was bad. And the thing is, is so I guess we're a little bit of a spoiler alert, is the rest of eight is he's being transported back to Jerusalem. And we are looking to see how the leaders, um, being the priests and the elders within Jerusalem, are, are not being obedient to God. And him being a priest, going back and experiencing what's going on in the temple probably would have made him incredibly angry. Mm. And so you think this is bad. You know, let me show you the next part of what they're doing. So again, that's kind of how I took that, and yeah, I, I think just, my commentator I just, did as well. I say I just felt like I saw worse get mentioned in other parts of Ezekiel, right? Not to mention other prophets. Well, I think this vision. So, so like, maybe, I took it yeah. as this specific vision as they're there, going through the different parts of the temple. I say there is one <clears throat> nail in the coffin coming up that I felt was like probably the worst part of it. And I can't recall if there was a, dang it, I gotta get the, um, sorry guys, I'm making all sorts of mistakes here. Um, I couldn't tell what came in. We'll get to it. Maybe we should talk about it. Okay. Sorry, everybody. So, so we'll, we'll, we'll get to some of the things we're talking about, but anyway, I was curious. I was like, so what happened? Like, did (laughs) like time just freeze and like, he's in this and the elders are just, you know, they're still talking and, or, or they're like, the elders are like, dude, Ezekiel, dude, hello. Right. Hello. Right, were Ezekiel? They all, he said the elders were sitting before him. Were they all just praying? And you know, and he just like, 
out? I, yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I just had a lot well, of questions. About I, I was wondering if he was in trouble. Like, the elders are like, so tell me, why is it that you were laying in the middle? You know, you're making people feel uncomfortable by you laying in the middle of the street cooking poop and with your little toys and stuff. He, so I would say so are you, probably not. He says they're sitting before me. So I almost assumed that he was leading. And he also is sure to mention Judah. Okay. And Judah is usually mentioned as the good guy. Yeah, yeah. So I would say if they were like the elders, and he goes and he sees the elders in Jerusalem, which would be the Israelites, right. which would be the other kingdom, the mm-hmm. northern. So Yeah, because I didn't know if like, like... I would think they're contemporaries. Okay. Like they were probably, you know, the good guys. Okay. See, I was just wondering like, uh, Ezekiel, you're making people feel uncomfortable. You really got to watch <laughs> what you're doing. Um, and then boom. Yeah. <laughs> He's like off into you're another gone. <laughs> Zeke, dude, Zeke. Uh, uh, um, hey, come, come in. Do you think it was like eyes rolled in the back of the head and moaning? Or do you think it was just like... <laughs> I don't know. Like, somebody poke him with a stick. Like, again, like did it happen so fast though that they didn't even realize... Yeah. He was missing? I don't know. And I know my commentary at the beginning basically was like, hey, don't focus on the things you don't understand. Right. But darn it, there's so many questions here. Well, I was still curious. Like, like, dudes, you're there and like, you know, guy who's, you know, pants are on fire is like, you know, saying what's up. Like, what are we supposed to make of that? Right. uh, Was it a, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Um, So anyway, um, Appearance of a man burning brightly. That sounds like a, a angel. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems like... Cherubs are mentioned later. I so. mean, and from the, the, the words and then the terms that they use, it's very clearly a similar um, manifestation of, of God um, once again in eight. So like he probably at this point would have been like, oh, yes, we met in Ezekiel 1. Um, you know, where, where you see a lot of the similar phrasings um, that you saw in, in his original vision mm-hmm. um, in, what was it, the Kedar Valley? Kedar. Kedar, yeah. yes. I was like, what? <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know. So that, that's, I mean, did you get anything else kind of out of one through four? or No, I was just, a lot of the stuff, like, uh, it was a lot of those questions. Um, we're going to learn a little bit more about the image of jealousy in a second, so I was just kind of holding <clears throat> off on any notes I had for okay. that. But So the next section um, will we'll break up into multiple pieces, um, but really we see verse uh, chapter 8, verse 5 through 18. Um, we almost see where they get kind of taken on a tour of the sin, um, the abominations <laughs> that are happening within the, in Jerusalem, um, specifically also in the temple. Um, and we're going to see where the, the priests and the elders are, are not being obedient um, to God and, and where really you almost see God being pushed out of his own house. Like yeah, I believe that my commentator called it like the um, vision of the leaving of the glory of God or something okay. like that. So, so I mean, we, we kind of see where, where where God's supposed to be His home is really not being respected and is really being invaded um, by other idols um, and and other idol worship, and and God's not really cool with that. Right. And if you're curious on where that comes from, we've got a whole Deuteronomy podcast that took us a while to to do. Um, and Three so you can, years. <laughs> but you can listen to it in like a week. Right. It's binge watch. Binge, binge, binge listen. Binge, binge listen. I said read. Binge listen. Uh, well, you have to read it too. Yeah. So binge, binge something. Binge it. <laughs> um, so yeah. 
So do you want to get into the idol of jealousy then? Yeah, do five and six. Okay. So chapter eight, five and six. Then he said to me, son of man, lift up your eyes now toward the north. So I lifted up my eyes toward the north and behold, north of the altar gate and the entrance was the image of jealousy. And he said to me, son of man, do you see what they are doing? The great abominations that the house of Israel are committing here to drive me far from my sanctuary, but you will see still greater abominations. So this is like step one. He's walking through the gate where the altar to make sacrifices to the Lord is, and there's an imposter God sitting there, Mm -hmm. an image of an imposter God. Yep. So step one, hey, this is where we're supposed to make our offerings. And there are many offerings there, like, you know, based on situation. So there's sin offerings, there's, you know, blessing offerings, so on and so forth. And in that spot is sitting an idol. Right. And he says to, to drive me far from my sanctuary um, and then utilizes the, the word abominations, um, which doesn't seem like a very good thing. I know you've kind of got into some of the word studies of some of those. Um, is there any great words that we can use in this abomination? Um, I didn't see. Actually, that didn't make me go because there's another word that's synonymous with abomination that I like found later. OK, um, let's see if there's any thing in here no the old, not not here they don't really talk about it. I could look up the Hebrew but I don't have that open right now okay um, the the mystery here was wrapped about who the idol was I guess a lot of people debate it um, my commentary is pretty sure it's not Asherah okay because there are other places where Asherah is mentioned as being like present, like in the center courts and stuff. Mm-hmm. So he said it could be, but probably not, because that would be in the inner court. Okay. So it's a god. He, we're just not sure who it is. Yep. And and you know my comment. Uh, what I also read in some of the commentaries as well is um, those. There have been idols that have come and gone throughout the sanctuary. Um, if this is a a tour that, that could potentially span the 390 year history of, of Israel, then really it could be a different idol depending on what time period you're looking at. However, unfortunately, most of the kings throughout Israel's history have invited idol worship into, into the sanctuary and into, um, or have participated in idol worship. So, you know, you could address probably many kings and depending on what king it is, could have even depended on on what specific idol or god that they were talking about at the time as well. This is the abomination is the same word used in the rituals or ceremonial sense, and it still has that physical repugnance uh, attached to it. Okay. So, see, you give me long enough, I can look up cool things. All (laughs) right. Well, what about jealousy? Well, poor why? I was just going into the repugnance. What, why, why is our jealousy? Oh, the, actually, I did look this up. Um, the jealousy here is exactly what you think it is. I, did, I actually looked that up earlier, and it's envy, jealous. It's, it, is what it, it is what it is translated as. Yeah. Like it is God being jealous of that, the fact that he, something's in his seat. Mm-hmm. And that they're giving attention and worship to that instead of him. And and they even said, you know, it could be used in a sense of being a proper response of a betrayed spouse, um, which would be very on point to, say, some of the imagery that's used in Hosea being, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. the 
beginning part of it. Um, but also, I mean, he says many times in Deuteronomy, oh, man, I'm just going to go back and plug all of our old podcasts in there. Um, but Hosea and Deuteronomy. <laughs> you, you see jealousy where jealousy is very much a part of, I mean, he claims to be a jealous God. And I mean, I guess sometimes we, we look at jealousy as being a bad thing, but you know, it, it's one of those that if, if someone starts flirting with my wife or starts hitting on her or, or whatever, I'm, I'm, I'm a jealous husband. Like, no, no, you, you know, that's, that's something specific just for the two of us. And so that jealousy is, is a, I mean, that, I feel like that's a good thing. I think that shows his love and his desire for his people. And he doesn't want to share us with other gods and or um, false idols and false gods. So um, again, I think we see jealousy sometimes as a bad thing, but but I don't understand because no, I think in this situation, it's, it's not. I think you're 100% right. There's a righteous jealousy and then there's a immature jealousy. Right, right. And God's jealousy <clears throat> is the righteous. Yeah, yeah. And like the jealousy of somebody, like, once again, if you saw somebody, if you saw your wife giving attention to another man in a way that was more than just like, you know, friendly conversation or whatever, you would have a right to be jealous. Yeah. But if like you got jealous because like a guy came up and said, hey, excuse me, do you know how to get to like, you know, Kemper Road from here? Like that would be an immature jealousy. Yes. Yes. So, And then this is not the immature jealousy because it is God's people giving other gods and idols being not real ones, um, attention that, that he wants, he desires, um, and, and we should give to them. Um, because as we find out in some of those other minor prophets, that, that it is God who provides, not these other things, lifeless, fake, yeah. fake stuff. Fakes. Sorry. Um, but we'll see greater <clears throat> abominations in these. Yeah. So one of the things, though, that I like some of the things that, that Christopher Wright does put in here, and I'm going to quote him word for word, Um <laughs> because I really like what he does, but he contemplates... APA um, 6 or 7? No, I'm just kidding. Huh? <laughs> I was talking about citing sources. Oh. Um, I've cited so many sources the last three months. <laughs> yeah, I don't like to cite sources because then I have to figure out how to lay them out correctly in APA format. Um, <laughs> anyway, so he says, okay, well, can this be applicable to our worship as Christians today? And he says, the sin of the world generates God's grief and anger. It is the sin of God's own people that produces jealousy. When we profess loyalty to the Lord Jesus Christ, to whose self-giving love we owe our salvation, but then live our lives that are absorbed with the priorities and idolatries of the world around us, there is something detestable, ungrateful, and treacherous about that. Um, to go on doing so blatantly and without repentance is evidence of a state of heart and mind that incurs serious warnings. Mm. And I was like, well, yeah. So really we look at this and go, oh no, this is so Old Testament. <laughs> but the reality of it is, is this is so New Testament. Right. Um, because I mean, um, our idols still get in the way of our, our worship and focus of God. And as we as I've been studying Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and um, Daniel, I realize how applicable um, though the message of those books are to our lives today. I agree. I mean, okay. I'm not, not going to, I, I can't disagree. <laughs> so no, I, I agree with you. So, so prayers to animals and deities. Yeah. All right. That's what around seven Bunch of sinners. Oh, so I guess we do seven through 13. 
yeah. There's the bulk of my notes are in this section, so be prepared. Okay. So and he brought me to the entrance of the court, and when I looked, behold, looked, behold, there was a hole in the wall. Then he said to me, Son of man, dig in the wall. So I dug in the wall, and behold, there was an entrance. And he said to me, Go in and see the vile abominations that they are committing here. So I went in and saw, and there engraved on the wall all around was every form of creeping things and loathsome beasts and all the idols of the house of Israel. And before them stood 70 men of the elders of the house of Israel with Jezaniah, the son of Shaphan, Shaphan, standing among them. Each had his censer in his hand, and the smoke of the cloud of incense went up. Then he said to me, Son of man, have you seen what the elders of the house of Israel are doing in the dark, each in his room of pictures? For they say, The Lord does not see us. The Lord has forsaken the land. He said also to me, You see still you will see still greater abominations that they commit. Well. Yeah. It's a great, great awesome some beasts section. and idols and pictures and oh my oh <laughs> yeah um kind of a weird way to enter right right well and that's one of the things I was uh, alluding to at the start was is he physically gone or spiritually gone is he seeing a vision or is he actually tearing a small little hole into the temple See, wall I figured it was like I took it as just a vision like they didn't legitimately take his whole body right. Because, I mean... That would have been cool, though. Where'd Zeke go? (laughs) Right. I mean, maybe he felt like it was real. Right. I mean, God can, you know... Israel. Get it, Israel. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, that was my Israel joke. Uh, No one got it. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Um, So anyway, um, my bad. But yeah, no, that that was just interesting. I I wasn't sure, like, what that part of it... And of course, commentators don't care about that. No, so I got nothing no. on if he was physically or like visionally, virtually. Yeah, I don't. Was it a Zoom call? <laughs> <laughs> it could could have been pre-Zoom. Pre-Zoom, yeah. Pre-Zoom. I mean, it could have been like a video tour. Like, <laughs> but he had to dig through the wall, so. Oh, that's true. So it's a yeah, it's. But once he gets in there, he goes in and sees the temple of God, with, like. Tributes in art geared towards other things to worship, such as creeping loathsome, loathsome animals and idols. Um, and loathsome there is a uh, another word for abomination, specifically when referring to cultic abominations. Um, so that's definitely... It would be like if you walked into a church and they had like a Buddha and a Mishnah, a Vinshu, whatever the other Vinsu, you know, the uh, deities of like other gods around. And then they had like, you know, uh, a golden Donald Trump Mm -hmm. or something, you know, not that that didn't just happen. Um, Right. uh, You know, like in the halls or like all this other stuff that they were worshiping along the way, you know. Hmm. So, and and he, uh, I got uh, that some of them is kind of a strong recollection back to Deuteronomy and Leviticus um, when you're talking about unclean creatures or oh yeah they're unclean the, now specifically yeah unclean, yeah or the prohibited type of worship and so creeping things right so you see those things specifically listed in Deuteronomy and Leviticus as you know you shouldn't be addressing these at all 
Um, and in fact, actually, um, one of the commentators even went so far as to basically say that they could have been invoking the support of Egyptian gods. So not only are they going back seeking, you know, hopefully the help of Egypt and in, in oh, destroying geez. Babylon, <laughs> but potentially going back to, to their type of worship right. um, as well. So not only does God say, don't go back to Egypt, well, you're looking to Egypt as an ally and also going back to the Egyptian gods to um, invoke support for help while you're in Babylon um, due to the creeping and crawling and, and that type of language um, is kind of where they say, well, this is possibly where what they could be doing because that's kind of what you see a lot in e Egyptian worship. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> So, which it also is interesting. So he talks about, he sees 70 elders secretly worshiping um, yeah. these idols and gods. And so he actually goes back to, um, this is a deliberate echo and a repre representative of 70 elders who accompanied Moses when, when they established the covenant in Exodus 24. Mm. And now you see in a very similar scene, 70 elders breaking the covenant. Um, and so I thought that was kind of interesting to where you see the 70 elders who were a part of the, the creation of that covenant on Mount Sinai, and now you see them specifically and purposefully breaking that. Well, that gets a little bit, and I don't want to skip, well, I'm going to skip over, um, but I'll just briefly mention Jazz Zaniah, mm -hmm. uh, probably the Secretary of State. Okay. Um, so a high-ranking Israel official is sanctioning this. Okay. Um, but if you go down to one, two, three, twelve, uh, they say the Lord does not see us. The Lord has forsaken the land. That is basically them throwing the covenant out. Oh wow! They're saying, and not only are they throwing it out, they're saying God didn't uphold His end of the bargain. Oh wow! So that's a pretty deep, like. Rebellion. Okay. They're not only saying like, well, this is, they're not basic. They're not only saying like, basically like, Hey, the covenant, it, like we're breaking the covenant. They're saying that God broke his word. Ooh. So they're blaming him for the breaking of the covenant. Yes. They're not even taking responsibility. Ooh, Cause I was already as like, are they drunk? Do they not know God? Like he can't see them. What? Yeah. So it says, uh, there he said to me, son of man, have you seen what the elders of the house of Israel are doing in the dark? each in his room of pictures. So each elder has his own little pantheon on the wall. Uh, for they say, the Lord does not see us. The Lord has forsaken us. He also said to me, you'll see worse than this. I mean, greater abominations than this. So not only are they turning their backs, walking away, blaming God for it, it's going to get even worse. Wow. I didn't even think that they were blaming. So I, I, again, I didn't, I didn't catch that in anything that I'd read, mm -hmm. but that they were blaming God for breaking his part of the covenant. So we've seen, if you want to go with the, each vision has gotten greater. We started with the outside with the statue. We've gone inside and saw elders and statesmen worshiping gods and then throwing out, you know, the covenant essentially. So we've seen like three layers so far of it getting worse. And if we go with the theory that the next one is worse, it really kind of is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're not eunuchs. They got balls. Whoo. And now I have to make this explicit. <laughs> it wasn't explicit before. Well, I guess the hole in the wall is. Uh, I was talking about 
bouncy ones. Anyway, yeah. Before. All right. So, although... Dang it, I got to remember to put that in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so he, Chris, again, has a great takeaway. This one I loved and I found very convicting. Um, kind of his takeaway from... Was it um, uh, just seven through around 13 ish? He says, and I'm going to read it word for word because I definitely don't want to summarize it. Um, And he says, again, as we seek to apply the challenge of such a posture to ourselves, the picture of ancient elders worshiping reptiles in a dark and smoke filled room may as well be from a different planet or a science fiction movie. Yet, in principle, their action is endemic to the people of God in every era. And this is the part I got underlined because I loved it. He says, We proclaim our covenant loyalty to the living God. We put our lives under his protection and affirm his sovereign power. We sing songs about his great faithfulness and our eternal security. And yet, so often in real life, we act as though we had no confidence in God at all for our future. Instead, we expend enormous amounts of material and emotional resources on fixing things for ourselves. It is well worth regularly checking where we have drawn the line between the wisdom that makes prudent provision for the future of ourselves and our families and the idolatry that builds all our hope and security on the modern equivalents of gods and armies of Egypt. And I was like, hmm, ouch. So you're saying we're not as far from the elders and statesmen of Israel as we like to think we are. Yeah, I was making fun of them not being eunuchs, and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> Yep, I'm in that same boat. Not a eunuch. (laughs) Sweet. (laughs) No, I mean, it is something we have to be careful. No, I think that we, uh, um, you know, I heard years ago, I can't remember who was, would say like, sometimes Christians are just functional atheists. You know, like Mm -hmm. they're essentially claiming about living the same. And I really thought I got it. But yeah, the more we go through here, the more I, I'm seeing that. Yeah. How a lot of times how we live is just basically atheism, athe- atheistic. Mm-hmm. Where our words and actions don't match. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I, f- I feel like God has been teaching me a lot recently about just idol worship um, and just the amount of idols I have... I don't want to say I was oblivious to letting into my life because I think I let them into my life, but realizing how much of that is genuine modern day idol worship mm-hmm. and, and a f- middle finger to God. Um, and that's slightly humbling when you realize all of those things that you have created to be idols. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so then Ezekiel becomes much more real when you're like, hmm, you know something? Um, I'm not any better. Right. <clears throat> well, it's a doubter. Yeah. <laughs> so, four, let's see. You probably finish it out if you wanted. 14th or end. Okay. Um, <clears throat> My allergies are now going to leak. 
Sorry. Then he brought me to the entrance of the north gate of the house of the Lord, and behold, there sat women weeping for Tammuz. Tammuz. Because I like to insult idols, I just call it Tammy. Tammy. <laughs> All right, Tammy. Then he said to me, Have you seen this, O son of man? You will see still greater abominations than these. And he brought me into the inner court of the house of the Lord. And behold, at the entrance of the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the altar, were about 25 men with their backs to the temple of the Lord and their faces toward the east, worshiping the sun toward the east. Then he said to me, Have you seen this, O son of man? Is it too light a thing for the house of Judah to commit the abominations that they commit here, that they should fill the land with violence and provoke me still further to anger? Behold, they put the branch to their nose. Therefore, I will act in wrath. My eye will not spare, nor will I have pity. And though they cry in my ears with a loud voice, I will not hear them. Mm-hmm. Were you worshiping the sun? No, but oh. I, I hear if you stare at a light, it helps you sneeze. Oh, oh, oh. so uh, Tammy uh, is an Akkadian deity, deity, however you say it, um, that you probably actually read the uh, uh, about the brother, the the sentence of the nether world. Did you read that with Dyke, Dan Dyke? I don't think I did. Fudge? No, neither. I didn't have fudge. Um, but they uh, <clears throat> believe that it is a descendant or um, potentially linked to Adonis or Aphrodite, uh, a fertility god, rain god, uh, possibly also Marduk, um, very similar to Baal, but okay. probably not Baal itself. Okay. But essentially the same idea. Um, but what would happen was every year... Uh, this god would die. And when they did, that's when they were going through the hot summer months when there was no vegetation growing and no rain falling on the land. So they would weep and wail and mourn, pleading with Tammy or pleading for Tammy to come back to life. So this god had a death cycle every year that would like be reversed by people wailing and mourning that it would come back to life so they could have vegetation again and it would make more food happen. And the Hebrew calendar actually has a month named after Tammy. Oh. So what you're saying is they are worship. This is a Babylonian god? Akkadian. Okay, okay. But awfully <clears throat> similar to several others. So. Okay. And there's women outside of the court crying and wailing. So they're in the temple... Crying and wailing over a fake dead god in the temple of the living god. Well, I'd say it's definitely getting worse. Well, then we go into the inner court. Yeah, I think that really does get worse, though. So the inner court is where only the priests were allowed. <clears throat> so basically the priests, the only ones allowed in the inner court, the ones that are supposed to be the holiest of all the people and the most righteous of all the people are worshiping a ball of gas created by the real God. Well, the problem is, is isn't their backs tor turned towards the, or away from the real God? It sounds like your commentary might have addressed this. Um, let's see. Entrance the temple of trim. Um, porch with their backs to the temple of the Lord and their faces oh. toward the east, worshiping the sun toward the east. So they are specifically told, if I remember correctly, in Deuteronomy, 
and and other um, old te- yeah Deuteronomy um, that they are specifically not to worship the sun. I think it's Deuteronomy four nineteen and um, other creations and that sort of thing. And so, what do they do? They have their backs turned towards God, or away from God, um, away from His temple, worshiping the sun. Um, which actually, I think, in Babylonian Oops, culture, was actually the most powerful god. <laughs> um, and so that would have been kind of a, a double middle finger. Did you read or talk about Deuteronomy 4.19? I did mention Deuteronomy oh, okay. 4.19, where it says, don't worship the sun, Yeah, basically, yeah. Beware lest you raise your eyes to heaven, and when you see the sun and the moon and the stars, all the hosts of heaven, you be drawn away and bow down to them and serve mm-hmm. them. Things that the Lord your God has allotted to all the peoples under the whole of heaven. And, and I don't know, like, did they give you anything about what behold they put the branch to their nose meant? No, I, yeah, didn't find anything about... I couldn't either, so I really did take it like they gave him the middle finger. Like, <laughs> that's the closest thing in my mind as I read it, that'd be uh, like, behold, they put the branch to the nose, like, is that like the old school or the OG way of like... Was that like, I bite my thumb, but not at you, sir, Romeo and Juliet kind of thing? Um, I don't know, it says... Behold, they put their branch to their nose. Therefore, I will act in wrath. And so I just took it as, well, this is the OG way of, like, yeah. middle finger. That's surprising there's nothing in here about that. I've got, like, six things about Tammy, but nothing about oops, uh, that figure of speech. And mm-hmm. I was, like, too wrapped up in other stuff to really research it. So, <clears throat> Yep. Yeah. So our relevance takeaway, our present day church is not immune to idolatry. I would say this would be like as if you heard the Pope saying, or like, you know, turning around saying, hey, everybody should get a, you know, uh, a few minutes a day in with meditation towards Buddha or, you know, like, or maybe, you know, Islam's okay. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, like it's almost that same. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and I don't think we're immune to, you know, be like, oh, well, we don't worship the sun. Well, I mean, sports, porn, money, sex, infidelity, work, spouses, kids, stuff, insurance, pride, self, <laughs> health, video games. So basically anything yeah, that I, you could worship. I think yeah. there's many things we, we turn our backs on God to find fulfillment. I was actually thinking about this this week. So I was like, you know, what do non-Christians think about all the time? Like, I mean, well, okay, like I spend a lot of time, you know, just wait, thinking about scripture. Wait, and wait one second, really quick. Uh, the latter phrase is problematic. <clears throat> Some, along with early Jewish commentators, render the word branch as stench, but the word's normal reading is twig. And putting the twig to the nose could possibly be part of the ritual practice of sun worship, a concept that fits the context well. Mm. However, it is debatable whether uh, this is correct. Um, However, we can conclude that whatever they're doing, the act is offensive to God. So it could be a middle finger. So they're not 100% sure what the heck that even means, but we can just conclude it's bad. Okay. So back to what a non-Christian is thinking. Um, and also, actually, some of the other thing is like when we're thinking is, is Canaanite Christianity, which we talked about that in Deuteronomy, and that's a term that I made up, and it might be a real thing, no. but where we intertwine other gods into... We're copywriting you, it. You know, our own, we should. Yeah. Um, 
it'll be the next scholarly material. I'll write a book, Canaanite Christianity. Um, and I'm not smart enough to do that. So, um, but you know, where we mi- mix other religions into our own, like, you know, to- tolerance or, you know, all gods lead to God or new agey ideas or the worship of nature, like, you know, some of those things and, and kind of our own bringing those into our, our current day church. But I was thinking, I was like, what do people think about? They're not Christians. Like, mm. I was like, well, you know, I spend my free time praying or I spend my free time, like just thinking about scripture or, or whatever. And, and, you know, I, I do think of other things, but like, what does the majority of non-Christians time go towards? And I was like, well, is it like sports and their job and things like that? And probably wouldn't that then be idol worship? And I was like, and then those lead to nothing. I mean, it's not like you find any productivity in, in those things. I mean, I don't know. So I was just kind of thinking of that whole idol worship and what you put your thoughts towards and what is an idol and what is not. And, and again, I'm not immune to it. So, I mean, I, I say what do non-Christians listen to but at this, or think about, but at the same time, do I myself put some of those additional thoughts that don't actually lead to anything productive? Mm. I do. Um, no, no, that was just me thinking through idol worship. And if you hear... My daughter is currently in the basement feeding our cats, so it's not raining. <laughs> it's my daughter feeding the it's cats. It's raining cat food. <clears throat> You're going to feed a person. She's going to feed a person to the cats. Uh, that, that I am curious. In fact, we will record sounds, it and put it on YouTube. sounds like something that these <laughs> priests are doing in the temple. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah, what do we... Get, what consumes our time? What consumes our thoughts? Um, and how much more desperate are those... Con- I think a lot of... Hmm. I would wonder if nowadays we're consumed with what our phones can tell us. Um. Like what's social media, news, whatever feed you're, you know, going to nowadays, the ticking and the talking and the Instagramming and, you know, like, I think that's like that. It's not even, I mean, it's almost like our idols aren't even sports anymore. Mm. It's what does the shiny slab of glass and plastic and metal show us? That's true. Like it's a little, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure for some people it's old school. Right. Uh, it, we still see it's politics for so many. Um, it's social justice for so many. It's, you know, on and on and on. Um, it's vaccines. It's wearing masks. It's new normal. It's social distance. Those are the gods for some people. It's safety. Mm-hmm. It's lockdowns. It's, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, but I think for a lot of people, it's, I mean, I always rail against social media, but a lot of times it's scrolling endlessly. Mm. It's doom scrolling or whatever. Like you're just going through like, yeah, I did just check Twitter 10 minutes ago. I should check it again, you know. Well, I mean, wherever you stand, mask or vaccine wise, I think is fairly insignificant if you are putting your trust in those things and not putting your trust into God. So if... If those things are what you're looking towards to remove the fear of a virus well, or to remove the fear... I would almost say it's not those things. People <clears throat> have made their new God science. Mm, okay. You're like, oh, I'm so glad science is doing this. Science is fixing this. Science is... Sci-. And it's like... <sighs> but, but if we are looking to other things, if we are still fearing and looking to those things as a solution to your fear... 
the only thing we're supposed to fear is God. And not to say that, that there are not medical things that can benefit health and society. Right. But when we look to those as our savior, that then becomes a problem mm-hmm. and then becomes a true idol and a rejection of God. And so you have some people that worship the <clears throat> idol of medical scientific safety, and you have another group that are worshiping the idol of like freedom and autonomy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, you all need a little help. <laughs> well, I mean, we even, our country has become an idol. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I pledge... The view of that. Maybe yeah. I shouldn't say what I was about to say. No, because I don't say the pledge, and I don't put my hand over my heart at ball games when the national anthem is playing. Okay. And I, I stand so that my... Usually the people that I'm with don't get uncomfortable, but I don't do the other crap. Right, okay. If if you catch me, I might take my hat off, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm bald. I don't want to sunburn. You know? <laughs> um, I think the Pledge of Allegiance is that, oh, gosh, look at that. We're an so, hour over. <laughs> so let's... So, We're over an hour. <laughs> uh, so wherever you stand with take a knee, don't take a knee, I pledge or I don't pledge, can country and um, can government... And can leaders become a, can nationalism become an idol? And I think if we were studying the book of Daniel, I think Mm -hmm. we'd see even more strength towards the argument beyond just an Ezekiel context. Um, But I think that we can see even nationality becoming an idol and... Nationalism. Nationalism. What did I say? Nationality. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Nationalism. Um, Become a... (laughs) Um, become an idol. And there is only one God we're supposed to pledge to and or focus on, and, and that is And honestly, Yahweh. if you... And this will... I'll just call all the leaders right here. Um, all the... Oh my gosh, brain... Listeners right here. Um, if you just bristled at that, and that made you like squirm a little bit, it could be your idol. If like the fact that we think the Pledge of Allegiance is goofy or that nationalism is an idol or politics is an idol. And you're like, oh, oh this, these guys, what are they? you might want to get that checked out. Yeah. And, and you can stop listening to us, but, but again, we're not the all be and all, but we, we're, we're just kind of speaking what we learned from scripture and what we feel that, that God is, is speaking to us. And we would love for you to, to disagree. Um, and, and by no means, at outlook.com. Right. And, and by no means do we want to argue, um, but I'm, I'm always up for a discussion because my, my deepest desire is to be obedient to God. Um, and, and I've been on Reddit for like 10 years. I know how to ignore people that are mad at me. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm good at making people mad at me. Yeah. Um, so, so it's kind of one of those that it's, it's not meant to push buttons, but I guess Ezekiel is meant to push buttons. Oh yeah. Um, the Bible is meant to push buttons and Jesus even, you know, says that, you know, um, people are going to be uncomfortable um, when you when you speak the truth, and um, God makes me uncomfortable very often. Um, <laughs> it's so now it's anyway. your turn. <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, but again, you know, you can continue with us as we continue our discussion um, through Ezekiel, and and I encourage you to to read and study on your own as well. 
um, so that you don't take Don and Scott's word for it because we went and looked at commentaries as well. And we are just trying to understand scripture and understand um, how to really be obedient to, to, to God. And um, really obedience is, is a way that we get to show God that we love him. And um, so I'm hoping that both of us are in that, that, that place of just wanting to be obedient and to honor God. And I just like to say, 90% of the time, I'm pretty sure that we are right 10% of the time. Yes. (laughs) So with that, we will uh, see you guys next time and leave you in this uncomfortable position. Later. Later.